three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackey, who didn't do shit. He just, he just sits there and looks pretty. This is the O-Line Committee. Hey, Booney finally avenged. Oh, wait, we got the wrong Fix order it. here on the YouTube channel. Why does that happen? Booney finally avenged losing in the Super Bowl 12 years ago, 10 years <laughs> ago, with a youth football championship. Eden Prairie, Dude. let's go. How are you just going to hit me that hard like that out of nowhere? First of You're all, no- this is not my first championship since then, okay? <laughs> I want you to know I am on a terror reign with my baseball team that came in first, my softball team that came in first, and now my football team. Let's go, dude. Shout out to the sixth oh. grade boys who beat the Orino team. We came out. Jeremiah, you would have been so excited. Like, at one point, Coach Daniels looked at me, and he was like, hey, let's just keep gutting them. And I was like, all right, here we go. 53 duo. And they looked at, Hey, they looked at me like, statement play. I go, exactly. They're like, Coach, 24 nothing. I go, it's about to be 31 nothing. <laughs> At Life one point, fast. Just at one point, I think gut- it was the halftime because I went, I watched this game, and okay. I believe it was okay. forty-one nothing. And I, at one point, I don't know what was said like by a kid, but it must have been like the halftime. There was some sort of sideline thing, and one of your assistant coaches goes, "Hey, if it needs to be fifty nothing at the end of the game, it's going to be fifty nothing. Like, <laughs> no mercy. We're going to run yeah. the ball. <laughs> Dude, we ran the ball hard. I was so proud of these boys. We at the end, we ran a, uh, we ran a gun. I'm not even kidding you. We ran a gun RPO. And we put our left tackle at tight end, and he ran an out route. So it was like the true RPO throw, and it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. I, the, I what was did so what did the opposing coach say to you after the game? What is there to say? It's the championship. This is <laughs> he everything. bowed down. You're here. Yeah, he You're, kissed like, the ring. And, and no way. And Phil you Boone made him right kneel at the fifty and no, kiss the ring. <laughs> no, because the boys wanted to start calling like they wanted to go poco loco, which is a shot downfield. Like they wanted to go crazy, and I was like, no. We ran sail a couple times, naked right sail. Shout out to Honor Daniels. Just my quarterback. It's phenomenal. His dad's my assistant coach. I love him to death. He's great. Dari, Musab, Charlie, Johnny, everybody. I mean, Xander, London. My son, There's, Johnny. Six level. Johnny, Johnny caught a Hail Mary at the end of the first half, Dude, but it was sweet. like five yards short of the end zone. Oh, no. Almost was, a miraculous. That play. was the naked right sail, and he ran out, and all of a sudden I see this ball go up, and I'm like, Oh man, this is about to be sweet. And just as he caught it, he got like drilled from behind. And I was like, God, you gotta be kidding me! So close! Kids had a blast, man. It's so fun. So fun. So we got a champion coach in the house here. Alex Boone. Let's go, baby. Amazing stuff, man. See, now my time gets devoted all to you guys, which is trouble. Because you know before my mind was scattered. So I've seen in the YouTube, first of all, thank you all for 10,000 subscribers. That is incredible we couldn't be more thankful for every single one of you but i've seen someone ask in the comments like four times four weeks in a row now boone what is your chew of choice oh they keep asking what 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 is it what do we got what is the copenhagen gold copenhagen the right there so i can't remember who you are in the youtube comment section i've seen your question multiple times so there you go just want to get surprised anyone knows that i have one in your face really? isn't fat anymore, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what no wonder everybody can tell now. They're like, what are you dipping? I'm like, how can you tell? What, what percentage of like offensive linemen? Here's a dumb football question. What percentage 85. of you guys, the game's over, it's a preseason game, little little 85%. sideline dip? 85? Maybe. No one put in bigger hammers than Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Mm. When I mean like halftime. Like, like a shoe in there. Dude you know? would take the can oh, and he'd just pick it around. And he'd like, he'd do it with his gloves on too, which was disgusting. And he'd like put one in half. Like he'd do the lip pull out, 
Like so he's like, and one there, and another one Dude, over it was there. A lot. It was a lot. I, I'd never seen anyone put more chew in their mouth than that man. Yeah, he was he he a was lot. known for three things: running roughshod, shaking your hand until you submitted, <laughs> and putting in four pounds of dip in his bottom lip when the yep. game was over. Right, hundred yeah. percent, and a couple other things, but you know, yeah. uh, running over safeties. <laughs> So uh, let's start with who's the mic here. It's uh, the third week that we have done this segment here, the segment that's taking the O-line committee world by storm. So uh, who's the mic is where we identify the biggest things on our mind around football each week. Let's start with uh, let's start with Jay here, and we'll go around the room. If we make it more than one lap, we'll see yeah. uh, how much time we have left. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw a little curveball here. The mic for me is the Pac-12 in college football. You know, forever and always, the Pac-12 has been looked at as the redheaded stepchild of the Power Five Conference. They're always going to have like one or two teams, but they're going to lose one, and then the playoff is completely out of the contention, and no one really cares. I mean, they basically dismantled the entire Pac-12. It's not even a real thing anymore. Teams are jumping ship. They might be the second best conference in Power Five right now. I mean, from top to bottom, you've got SC, you've got Oregon, you've got Washington. Oregon State's really good this year. Utah's going to get their quarterback back, and they're going to make a run. The Pac-12 is playing some good football right now, and I think Washington's got a legitimate chance to make it to the college football playoff and see if they can go make a statement. But I really enjoy watching Pac-12 college football right now. So the pushback would be, wait a second, wait a second now. USC and Caleb Williams just walked into Notre Dame and got their clock clean, and Caleb Williams threw three interceptions. And that's like the figurehead team of the Pac-12 and the figurehead quarterback. I don't think they're the figurehead team of the Pac-12. They're the fourth best team, maybe the fifth best team in the Pac-12. They used to be. I mean, their their offense is good, but their defense is terrible. I mean, they let CU, who's awful – put up 49 points and almost come back on them in the fourth quarter like that's not a complete football team they've got stars on that team but you start talking about complete football teams it's far and away Washington and then Oregon and then probably Oregon State and then even UCLA's got some got some talent but I mean USC's honestly probably the fourth or fifth best team in the pack you guys were both the sort of heart of the country big 10 guys right Ohio State and Nebraska uh, so with that, I guess as a backdrop, do you are you sort of do you are you sad that the Pac-12 is going away? No, does it because it's it's kind of crazy, right? It's just gone yeah, after I'm this not, season. I'm not sad that they're going away, but I'm sad that they're letting them into the Big Ten because to me, the Big Ten is Midwest. We are the Midwestern team. We haven't we, been Midwest since we brought stop. in Maryland and Rutgers. Stop. Like I never East, said I wanted East them Coast. in either. Who Penn said State. I wanted them in either, dude? <laughs> I I wanted. There was a time when there was twelve of us, and we were like, "That's right." We're the Big Ten. Get it? The Big Ten. <laughs> You're all idiots. Exactly. Now we've just let everybody in. Sam Houston State. Sure, come on in. You want to join? More money for us. What does it matter? It's crap. <laughs> no, I mean, but, hey, seriously, though, my biggest gripe with that is that kid came out with the demand. I'll only play for oh, the kid. Is that your I'm mic? Is that your right mic? Now? No, no, that's not my mic. This is just your dumbass. Okay. Because <laughs> every team that wasn't on that list was like, good, we weren't going to draft you anyways. You really think that you're the be all end all? You really think that we give a shit what you think? Dude, hate to tell you, but nobody cares what you think. Like, you'll get drafted by whoever picks you. That's how the league works. You know why? Because they run the league. It's the best. It's and so if you haven't, if you don't know what he's talking about, there was a story that came out today. Caleb Williams, projected number one overall pick. They said that prospective agents that he's talking to have informed teams that he wants a ownership stake in whatever team 
drafts him. Okay. What? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Caleb Williams came out and said he a, wants. Can you wait, believe this? Where did this? Is that? this a real? There's like some fake news stories going. No, on. I saw. I, I saw mind. this on multiple set, multiple stories. And if it's fake, then whatever. Poo poo me. But I saw it on enough things today. Across. Collegefootballrules.net showed yeah, me uh, that said that he wants a potential owner, like just like Aaron Rodgers wanted when he went to the Jets. I was like, so you're going to tell me you're going to start making demands similar to Aaron Rodgers while you mm. still are considered an amateur athlete? Like, no NFL team in their right mind hey, is going to do that. That's I the dumbest thing ever. This is sounding a lot more like Josh Rosen every day. Like, this <laughs> is going to be the Josh Rosen 2.0 story. Oh, it's going to be epic. I'm just going to wow. say, dude, you can't come into the league calling the league out. I'm sorry. That is <laughs> stupid. Do you know why? Because I was in the league, and we were like, you guys see that kid over there? <laughs> you see what he's talking about? Oh, my God. Hey, I had to tell you, but I played with Peyton, and they didn't give him ownership stake. Guess what? They ain't giving you shit. <laughs> Who who is like even even just in terms of using your leverage to try and go to the team that you might want to? Who, I, I feel like wasn't Eli Manning the last number no. one overall pick to be like, I'm not going to play. He was the Chargers, right? The Chargers yeah. drafted him. He that, said he's not going to play there. Let's give that some love because let's be honest. When you're Archie Manning's kid and your brother's Peyton and you're like, hey, I'm not playing for you. <laughs> you're kind of a legacy. So a lot of the teams are probably like, yo, he's not going to play for you. He's not. This is a family. This is a generational thing. It's not – they're treated differently. The Longs, the Mannings, all those guys. Like The Matthews. They're, yes, they're different. Their grandfather played. Their dads played. They're allowed to come in and do whatever they want. Like, that's just how it goes. But when you are a kid that just like, you know what? I want some ownership stake. People are going to be like, okay. <laughs> that ain't ever going to happen. I worked my ass off to get this team. If you think I'm going to give you some of it because you can throw the ball, that ain't happening. Yeah, the Bears are going to have the first two picks in the draft, and which is great. Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams and Drake May are both going to be like, "Am I? Oh, is Drake May a senior or is he a junior?" Because when you're he's when you're a, a, well, I don't know anymore with the stupid COVID rules. One yeah, more year, a, we got one more year of this nonsense <laughs> of like, "Oh, I want to play for my eighth year in college." I'm Van yeah. Wilder, right? Like, but don't yeah, hate Drake on May. That for that. I would have <laughs> done it too. Are you kidding me? Eight they, years? They would not. You would have made it seven years. I know. I'd have been dead. They would. They would have kicked you out way sooner than that. But, but you have leverage. Like, if you're if you have a year left of eligibility, you have leverage now that you didn't have. You know, ten, five not, or ten years ago, because you, you make you could leverage. be making millions it's not of leverage. dollars. It's not you're, leverage. You're just kicking the can down the road. Right. right? But you don't like, need. You, but don't, you need don't have it. leverage because the team goes, okay, you don't come out this year. There's other quarterbacks in this draft. There's be free agent quarterbacks. You're not the only quarterback in this draft like that's not your leverage your leverage is when you're on a team and you're like hey i'm the big dog here and i don't like the way i'm getting paid i want more money that's leverage people turn around and go hey if without him could we win as many games no could we win half as many games no yeah pay him pay him now i, I guess to rephrase it i would say it's more like if you're a junior with another year left and let's say i don't know what caleb williams nil is but let's say he's making he's probably two he's and probably four million dollars two, yeah two and four million so he's so it's not NFL money that he'll be making, but it's like more than he would have made. Although this is a this opens a whole can. Maybe he would have made the same ten years ago. We just didn't know about it. I don't know. But right. it's like, hey, I'm not I'm not only working on a scholarship, so for I sure. can stay another year if I yeah. want to, right? Well, I mean, in, in art, that argument is not just for the top round guys. Like if you're a mid round quarterback and you're the guy at Miami or Michigan State or something, you're making a million a year. Stay in school because yeah. league minimum seven hundred fifty thousand, and you yeah. might get cut. 
right? Like that is the leverage that you can have of like, oh, I'll just stick around one more year instead of like, oh, I have a draftable grade. I might as well go instead of just risking getting hurt and making peanuts while I'm here in college. Right. Like, but if you're, if you're a top round guy, if you're projected number one overall, hate to break it to you, dude, you're going to a shitty football team. Right? That's just, that's just, <laughs> sorry, pal. Like, like, that's, needs you more that's than anyone. How it works. You don't get to be like, I'm the number one overall pick. I want to go play for the Eagles. I'm like, oh, well, should have been worse at football then. I don't Jaylen know. Jalen Hurts tell you has something to say about that. <laughs> so does Howie Roseman. Yeah. Wait, it's wait, 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 yeah, it's not like the NBA where there's a lottery where like an actual good team that maybe yeah. just missed the playoffs because of an injury. Like the Spurs 25 years ago, David Robinson broke his foot and they were bad for one year out of 25. It's like, oh, we got Dave. We got the number one pick, Tim Duncan. Welcome to the best franchise <laughs> yeah. in basketball. Yeah, that's not how the NFL. It's not how the works, NFL works, pal. If you're really good, ask Trevor Lawrence, ask Joe Burrow. You go earn but your hey, you go earn your fair, lumps. <laughs> that's what it is. If you are that good, you're expected to go onto a team and become the franchise. You're expected yeah. to turn a team around. That's the whole point of the draft. Show us how good you are. We need the number one player because we are the worst team. You will add benefit to us. Come make us better. And if you can't then I guess you weren't the dude we all thought you were. Yeah. Okay, I want to bring us to the NFL here with my who's the mic. Come on! Uh, Football! Is it Roger or is it the refs? No, it's a guy named Mike is my mic. Oh, nice. It's Mike McCarthy. Mm. I know the Cowboys beat the Chargers, but how can one guy for 20 years still have no concept of clock management (laughs) and how to use timeouts? So... For those of you who haven't seen this, or I'll just I'll just lay out sort of mm-hmm. the scenario here, right? So bad. End of the first half. I think it was seven to seven. seven, seven. Was, mm-hmm. Game so it was like sucked. a low scoring environment. Horrible. I get it, but but you're 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 trying to take a lead here. So the Cowboys enter field goal range with 50 seconds left. There's a catch on the sidelines. I think Michael Gallup catches a pass. Clock clock is moving. There's 50 seconds left. You're at like the 35 yard line. Two timeouts left. They got three offensive plays off with 50 seconds and two timeouts left because with 14 seconds left and still two timeouts left, Mike McCarthy on the side, the officials looking at him like right now, they call timeout. And he's like, no, 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 not yet. No. <laughs> Let's let Wait. it go down to three seconds. We're good kicking a field goal here. Yeah. They kept a timeout in the pocket and boot. You have like a 30 year old veteran quarterback and Dak Prescott here. It's one thing if you've got, you know, this uh, Division Two undrafted guy, and you're the Bears, and you're like, you know what? Let's just, like, not right. have him run backwards and get, yeah. you know, mauled. You can get away with that, right. If it's Dak Prescott and anyone above him on that veteran list, like, don't you – I guess my question is, how is Mike McCarthy still befuddled at these clock management situations after two decades as an NFL head coach? Because I think Kellen Moore handled it last yeah. year. I think Kellen Moore was the one that was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's where – and now as a head coach, he's like, wait – so we, we just kick it, right? Just points on the board. And, like, we have CeeDee Lamb. Throw him a ball in the end zone. Ah, risky. We'll just, we'll just, ah, we'll just, we'll just hold on to one here. I mean, we'll take it with us. conservative, guys. It's we'll play conservative. with, like, the numbers and the math yeah. floating above his head. Like, ah, just, we'll just wait. Just he comes, wait. Out, he comes out for the second half, and he's like, what, what do you mean I don't have four? I brought one with me. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I saved one. I right I here in my one. pocket. <laughs> Hey, when yeah, we were on the, would we be on the field and we would be part of those clock management situations, you would be losing your mind. Like, what are we doing? Should I call the timeout? Do you call timeout? Should somebody call timeout? Somebody call a goddamn timeout. What are we doing? Just but it all nuts. goes back to the. I think it was his first year or what, it was two years ago in the playoffs where they had like 14 seconds <laughs> and left Dak and ran they ran it. a freaking drop play with draw. no timeouts. 
Don't do and that. And he's like, well, based on our calculations, we should be able to. Okay, but like in a perfect scenario, clean at training camp when there's not an official yeah. trying to run in and stuff. That type of stuff. Like, why don't coaches spend? I get that there's so much on your plate as a coach, scheming and just player management, all this stuff. But shouldn't you be carving out, I don't know, an hour a week just like meditate well, on well, clock no, management? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Mike Zimmer was great about that. And, and Boone can attest to this. We used to have at the end of every single training camp practice, there was a situational period, mm-hmm. right? And we would, we would drill, hey, two-minute end of half or two-minute end of game, we need this many points. Or it was like, hey, four-minute, we have a lead. Here's, the, here's, here's our strategy of what we want to do. We need this many timeouts. Or, hey, we need a down-down situation, right, which is similar to what you just mentioned. 14 seconds we're trying to get uh, – 12 more yards to get in a field goal range. We called it church, right? You get hit, you get down, immediately call timeout, run up and spike it. A lot of coaches spend time and a a good amount of time on the situational situational awareness part of the game because that's where you win and lose football games in the critical situations. And so I don't know if they just don't do it over there or what it is, but every coach I played with was very good about situational football. I agree. And when I was in Frisco, we had a guy, Brad Seeley, who was with the Patriots for a long time. He won all the Super Bowls. He was our special teams coordinator, and he was our special teams coordinator, and he was the guy that was like, if you had a question, you went to Brad. So Harbaugh would be like, hey, what are we doing here? He'd be like, boop, got it. The timeout was taken. Or he, Brad would be like, hey, let it run down. Then he'd be like, boop. Like, it would just, everybody would look right at Brad and be like, Brad, what are we doing? You'd be like, oh, yeah. dude, this, this guy knows everything because he was with Belichick, and he was Belichick's right-hand man. And so all of a sudden, all those things carried over from how are we going to play teams. I remember being in New Orleans one time, four-minute situation. We were up by six, and we, we just kept looking at him pretty much like, what are we doing here? And we ended up running the ball all the way down. They'd take a timeout, and then all of a sudden we'd look at him, and he'd be like, all right, stay out there. We're fourth down. We're going to go for it again. Like It was just everything like Jay said. When you're out there, it's so hard, and it's probably a lot harder as an offensive-minded coach because you have so much personnel that you have to be on top of and sending out there and sending plays out, and every, it's everything mm-hmm. right. Then all of a sudden, somebody comes to you and you're like, hey, the clock's running, and you're like, oh, shit, what? Like, <laughs> right. all of a sudden, as, yes. as a defensive coordinator, you're mostly like this, hey, over, two, yeah, that's it. All right, here we go. Like, as an OC, there's so much communicating. People are screaming on the sidelines. Hey, we're in 21, 21. Where's the fallback? God damn it. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> right? Like, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, coach, you're taking a time out here. So that's why Jim always kind of put it on Brad. But, yeah, dude, situational awareness. And plus, I wanted Mike fired two years ago when that happened. That was one of the <laughs> dumbest things I've ever seen in a playoff game. You end a season like that, and we still don't talk about that enough. Good God. Yeah, it's bad. Unbelievable. It's bad. I, feel, I just feel like more games are, are won and lost because of – Dumb time. Another one, too, is you'll see this happens all the time where, like, a coach doesn't know the value of a timeout in the second half versus, like, a yardage, like, like a delay of game yes. on a, on a th- it's third, a, it's third and 11. Yes. yes. Yep. Don't take a timeout. There was third one, and 11, hey. first drive of the second half. Yeah. And, like, you're on your own 25, and you're like, ah, oh, I better burn one here. Like, no, just no. Wear, wear it and punt. You're going to punt anyways. Hey, how about it just happened in the Giants game right before half? Check to a run. Didn't oh, have anything God. to do. Dude, I'm just – listen, sometimes when you're out there, Jay, you and I know the situation gets hectic. And but you don't – I mean – I agree. We, we could go into a whole tirade about we that could. too. No, we dude. Could. It's, let's, no. let's do it because that, that was a huge moment from last listen, week. There is something that happens, and it's called – when you're in a goal line play, you always have two plays, right? You always have a pass and a run check because you never know what you're going to get defensive-wise. 
But in that moment, I know for a fact, for a, a fact. damn fact, that Brian Dable called in that play and said, no alert, no alert, X right spot, whatever the pass play was, right? Because he pass. knows there is no alert. You cannot check this to a run. Yep. And Tyrod Taylor, I get it. You're the backup quarterback. <sighs> you haven't made a start. I was sitting there watching the game with my business partner, and I watched him go, hey, can, 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 can. I go, he checked it to a run. Like he just checked this thing to run. The half is over if they don't score. And they get stopped, and Dable just losing oh, his man. mind. Losing. And you even see Tyrod like, well, I don't, I, it's like, dude, situational awareness, man. Got you it. have to have it in the NFL. I know it's crazy, it's going on, but that win and loses football games every single week. Like yeah. that was so poor, so poor. And, and Tyrod Taylor's him. like, dude, he's been in the league for ten he's years. He's been in the right? league for a long time. He should yes. have known better. But he I'll, knows I'll, better. I'll, I will say this to his credit: he probably was like, we're on the one yard line. And this is Saquon behind me. I'm going to make an executive decision. And, hey, if that goes correctly, he's fine. He's good. Like, everyone's like, hey, you go in at halftime, and we're like, hey, yo, dude, you know if we would have gotten that, right? Like, we're, we're – right? But that's the problem. When you don't get it, this shows up. And now, all of a sudden, everyone's looking at this team like, dude, what the hell? You guys are in dysfunction. Dude, he, like, checked, to a, he checked to a run with, with the sixth offensive I, lineman in there that never has played since 2022. I would bad, been, bad. Roll it football. back, roll it yeah. back. No, 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 roll it back. Like if, like that's where someone's got to turn around and be like, no, 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 don't, don't do that, right? Do but that. you got your backup center in there. You got he your back, know. like both yeah, guard, both guards are just this. trying to remember the play, right? They're not worried about. It. They're like, wait, it's a run. I thought, I thought it was a pass. I'm like he checked it, stupid. It's like I thought we were going to check it. Why, Eddie? Like, like, Why, Eddie? You suck. <laughs> Just a oh, nightmare situation. Monday night football, everyone's like, look at these clowns. They're like a bunch of idiots going in <laughs> yeah. halftime throwing. You get idiots helmet. like me who are like, these are all idiots out here. What is he doing? And she was asked, you're right, uh, franchise quarterback. Got to sit back and be like, nah, dude. We're passing this ball. Did we get your mic yet, Booney? Did you roll it into the to the pack? Do I need give, a us a mic. Come on. give us a mic. Come on. Give us a mic. We need a mic. Give us a mic. All right, I'm going to give you this mic. This guy's been my mic on my mind for a while. That Thursday night game last week solidified it, man. I'm sorry. Russ, you're the mic. You are the mic. You are officially the problem. It, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I can't get over this. Uh, one coach called out another coach, and we're still over all this. And it's like, dude, this has become such a mess over in Denver. Uh, everything about it. And now they're going to fire Vance Joseph and bring in Rex Ryan? Was How many times has Vance Joseph been fired by the Broncos now? <laughs> I mean... Vance Joseph is literally looking back and going, dude, what the hell did I do? I mean, y'all, you're supposed to put up 100 points a week. What the hell? I didn't Screw even think I had guys. to come to work I, I, anymore. I didn't even want to come back here in the first place. I was leaving at noon, having a good time. Dude, good. <laughs> that place is a mess. Light it on fire, blow it up. Well, dude, the, you, you add on top of it the Jerry Judy, Steve, Steve Smith situation that happened dude, there. Steve Smith crushed. When he called oh, him a that. jag, dude, dude, I'm telling you right he's now. He's like, I'm sorry. TV. He's looking directly. I'm sorry I called you an average player that no one's ever going to want, that no one should trade for. <laughs> you sorry sack. Of, like, and I was like, oh, dude, my God. When you call somebody a jag in the league, that is, like, one of the most disrespectful. Like, you're, just, you're basically like, you don't belong here. You're just a guy. You are a fucking guy. And I can't believe that you would go this great. Like, Steve Smith just went off. And that was one of the funniest things because he actually was, like, controlled but not controlled at yeah. the same time. It yeah. was almost like he was playing Dude, a game. He was like, teetering on that, like. You could like... tell. He was like. <laughs> <sighs> 
who was next to him? Uh, Garfolio was like trying to like, <laughs> grab him. Like, yeah, he was hey, like, hey, oh, hey, God. Hey, come here. Come over here. You're getting yeah. really close to the field. No, 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 no. Come over here. Come over here. Uh, commercial. Cut to commercial. Go to commercial. Wait, I didn't want to do this segment anymore. I don't want to do this. So the best part now is the Broncos, the next two weeks, they play the Packers and the Chiefs in the standalone uh, Romo Nance CBS slot, mm. and then they get back to back primetime games out of a bye, and then a third, a, a third. They've already had like ten primetime games. I feel like they have three more primetime games. Uh, let's see here: Vi- Vi- B- Bills, Vikings, Flex. New England. Flex. Dude, All we talked about this before flexed, the show. Th- that Vikings and Broncos game on Sunday night, November nineteenth. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Just leave it. I want to see it. Coming up next on Sunday Here's Night a guy. Here's a guy. It's going to go through the PFF rankings and everyone's just going to be last. It's like at 31st of 32. 32 of 32. Like just... 64 of 64. That's the worst. When you get ranked like 50 or higher, you got to be like, Mom, don't watch. Don't watch. I'm not having a good year, Don't guys, take a okay? picture of the starting lineups. Don't put yeah. it on Facebook. Alex hey, Boone, the rhino this. from the Ohio State, 72nd. Well, one, one time I said tattoo you, and I left it, and somehow they pulled up the one from the year before. They were oh. so mad. They were like, do another one. Do another one. I was like, no, I'm not. And I walked out. And so then I would go, Mom, you got to watch it. And I called her after the game. What would they say? And she was like, oh, no, you said you're from Ohio State. Why? I was like, damn it. They brought it last year's. Dude, Jared Allen, I think, said uh, culinary school, and they left it in for years. Yeah, Justin Pugh's was the best. <laughs> Justin Pugh, straight off the couch. Straight off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Get it, you old man. I love it. Shout out to JPU. Dude, I mean, they literally before the game were like, yeah, we're going to get him like 25 snaps in there. Get, get, him, get him work back in. Second get quarter, him feel good. left tackle. Yeah, okay. Go play left tackle against Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd on the road. After the game, he's like, yeah, I really didn't know the snap count, so I was just kind of figuring it out. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, to be fair, in his mind, he had to be like, whatever. I could yeah. literally blow this entire thing and no one's going to get mad at me. Like, you're le- That had to be the most fun time of his life. Monday night football. You don't have to care about anything. I just got here. I don't even know the snap count. If I get in trouble, I get in trouble. Like, I just got here. God, I would have had so much. I'd yeah, be eating hot dogs lose. at halftime. Like, <laughs> just going just, crazy. Remember when you checked to a run? Idiot. Stuff your face with a hot dog. What are you, an idiot? You have a timeout. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right, that's who's the mic here on O-Line Committee. We've got some dumb football questions we're going to get yes. to in a few minutes. But, boys, let's make our picks here. Let's get right into the picks. Let's we had do a, it. A fun week of picks last week. So we make four picks each week, highlighted games that we think are going to be close or interesting matchups. And uh, and we pick the game straight up because, as Jeremiah says, spreads are for losers. Losers. <laughs> So last week, Jeremiah back on track, three and one in those games. I don't think you sent us the picks, by the way. I did. No, he did. Email you guys this morning. You yeah, you text? guys sent him this morning. No, you email. really need to research a pick. I could just... check your email. All right, come on. I'll Whatever. give you a minute. Go ahead. Check your email. No, you're good. Go, Go for it. No, fine. We're blind picking today, boys. Well, blind picking. Okay. <laughs> no, well, no. Do we you not know how we everyone did email, last but... week. Like I have a pretty good feeling of how everyone's going to do this week. All right, go, Mackie. Uh, I also went three and one last week. Boone, you went two and two, so we all finished at least five hundred or above on the season. I am seventeen and seven. Alex is fifteen and nine, and Jeremiah above five hundred for the first time at thirteen and eleven. No looking back. 
Oh, comeback train, baby. Everyone loves How a good comeback Mackie story. still winning? I should have picked Dallas. I should have. Yeah. I just can't pick Mike McCarthy. I'm sorry. Dude, the Bears. Death are stupid. The Bears yeah. are the ones that swung it. The yeah. Bears were just like, I don't want to win this game. Someone else win this game. I'll and do they gave it to, to the Vikings. this game, please. There will be a full autopsy breakdown of hey. what's happening with the Bears in a film review that we please will do on the YouTube channel. Did you pull so. up the first play again? Do you have the first play? I have the first two plays. Searles, yeah. I can't wait yeah. to hear your reaction. Oh, and I want to know. I've, if I've this, watched it. I've watched. I want to know, know what your call would be. I okay. Just want to know. All right. Yeah. Call the call the doctor after uh, letting that guy run free. Um, so we got four games on the docket here. And by the way, if you're if this is the first time that you've ever experienced this offensive line lifestyle podcast, thanks for stumbling into the O line committee. Click the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel so we can keep growing this thing. And then on the audio side, a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts also goes a long way to helping us. So, uh, all right. Well, I'm just going to, since you've done no prep for this, we're going to spring this first one on Jeremiah. Do it. Dolphins at Eagles. Dolphins at Eagles. I think that's the Sunday night game, actually. This week. That's, that's going to be a fantastic game. You know, I think... I think with the running back situation in Miami, I'm slightly concerned with them. They've got two healthy running backs right now. I think the Eagles coming off a embarrassing loss. You heard it. Kelsey was talking to him in the locker room, everything. I think the Eagles come out, play smash mouth football, find a way to get them off the field. I got to go Eagles. Okay. Booney? My turn? Oh, dude, I'm ride or die. Tattoo league. Tattoo league. Let's do this, baby. It's going right here, the big fin. Come on, baby. So you're going fins. This is a tough one, man, because everything Jeremiah just said, I'm going to mark you guys down, eagles and dolphins. Um, Everything you just said about, like, the human dynamic of embarrassing loss, a bunch of veterans in that room, especially up front. I mean, think about, like, Jason Kelsey behind the scenes this week and Lane Johnson, right? I don't necessarily love them losing twice in a row, which is like pulling me one direction. But then I know stats are stupid, but uh, the Miami Dolphins this season, yards per play, net yards per play, are outgaining their opponents by an average of three yards per play net. That's eight yards per play on offense and five yards per play on defense. And so I'm going to go with the stats in this case, and pick the Dolphins to win this game. Good. Good. Okay. Swing game. It's a good swing game for me. I By the way, if that. you have to jump out, I know we have an agent on the show. It's Jeremiah. No, I have so to answer have to every call. Out. Sometimes they're solicitors. Sometimes they're meaningful. That one was a solicitor from California, so he <laughs> did not get my attention. Not today. Hey, can I uh, screw you? <laughs> no, you can't. Right so we got the Dolphins. Jeremiah has the Eagles. Lions at Ravens. Another interesting matchup this week. I'll go first. I'm on the Lions train, man. I think the Lions I think the Lions might be the second best team in the NFC. I'm with you. I agree with you. I got the Niners as the best team in the NFC. I think the Lions might be the second best team they in are. the NFC. They're they're yeah, the second far. they're the second most complete team in the NFC. Now, losing Montgomery is going to hurt. Now, granted, you have Gibbs coming back off, but he's been their bell cow. I worry about his longevity with you know, you talk about it. Dan Campbell talked about like, I love it. Give this guy 25, 30 carries a game. It's like, yeah, but he's going to break. Like, he's that's just nature of the beast. But I hope that he'll be able to come back. But top five offensive line, Aiden Hutchinson is an absolute menace. Give me the give me the Lions all the way through oh. and through. Mackie, one one pride. Dolphins? One pride. I got the Dolphins. You and me have all the right. Dolphins, and then okay. Jay has the Eagles. All right. We both have the Lions 
Oh, and you want to make it three? Oh no, I'm all about the Lions. You know, I love Dan Campbell. I love the way that they play. The and hey, their offensive line. Next week, we have to break down some film because they are doing some amazing things, which is allowing Jared Goff to sit back there and just pick people apart. We will do that this week. Actually, we're going to do that this week. Can't wait. Got him queued up, baby. Lions all the way, baby. So Lions all the way. I mean, I the the Ravens are a good team and they're playing at home. And I think the I think. I guess I haven't looked at the spread for this. I thought I saw the Ravens might be favored by two here, but um, but so we're all high on the line. The Ravens can't catch a football. So, I mean, the amount of drops that team had last week was ridiculous. Yeah. Just, and they have receivers. I mean, they've got yeah. some guys up and down. Just bad, bad drops. Mar Jackson's getting no help. Okay, this is an interesting one in that I don't think people expected these two teams to combine for six total wins at this point in the season, but the Falcons are playing at Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers. Both teams are... Well, three and three, and then three and two. I'll go first. I'm going Tampa Bay, and okay. I'm going to say that because their defense is nasty up front. Like that Lions game, those linebackers were everywhere, and they were flying around. It's just the Lions were too much for them, and they just Baker Mayfield couldn't put it on them. And I'm not saying that he is in any way their future, but that defense is rowdy, and I just don't see the Falcons. I feel like they're kind of up and down this year, and they're kind of trying to find their footing. Their quarterbacks a little bit all over the place, and Dude, anytime you put Vita Vea in the middle, he is so big. Did you see him when they were showing? I'm like, he's getting bigger. <laughs> oh my god! Like he's just, and and the, they're just they play a different way, and I think that Tampa Bay is going to win this one. I like Tampa. I like Tampa in this one too. You know, I don't trust Desmond Ritter. I just yeah. don't. And I'm not saying by any means that I trust Baker Mayfield. But I think he's got more weapons on the outside. I think he's got more opportunities. He's got a better O line. So I think Desmond Ritter gets rattled a little bit in this game because, like Boone said, the way that defense is going to get to him, I think it's probably a couple interception game from Desmond Ritter and Tampa wins. I wish I could make this more entertaining, but I'm also on the Bucks. I had the Bucks before the picks here. The Falcons, the Falcons have an interesting car, but the driver, like you said, is just a little erratic. Right? He's like he doesn't quite know where the the buttons are. He's like, this is great. I got a, I got. Drake London over here and Bijan Robinson. You Kyle know, I got Pitts. a cup holder and Kyle Pitts, but squirrel. You know, the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Squirrel. So, for that reason, uh, road game Buccaneers have had a couple sneaky wins. I'll take the Bucks, and then Steelers at Rams are the fourth matchup here. Steelers coming off. Well, the Steelers uh, that game against the. Um, the Ravens a couple weeks ago. We did a review on that last week on this channel. Their defense took over down the stretch. But uh, the Rams, no one's really talking about them. A couple teams that are fighting in that same uh, same record bin. So Steelers at Rams. I'm going to go Rams. Give me the Yeah, I like the Rams too. Okay. God, I, I have the Rams too. Well, maybe we maybe I picked a few duds here for us. They're not. They're, they're good games. I think that you're just we're getting to the point in the season now where you're seeing the teams that kind of have it figured out and the teams that are still trying to figure it out, right? And I think the Rams with Cooper Cup coming back. Now, granted, they lost Williams, their running back, who's going to be out for a little bit, so it's kind of be running back by committee over there. But they're starting to come into form a little bit more, and Aaron Donald's starting to play a little bit better than he was at the beginning of the season. You know, I think they're starting to figure out what this 2023 Rams team looks like and how they need to play to win versus the Steelers are still kind of, I'm not real sure what we're doing type of thing yeah. on offense. Matt Canada-style yeah. type offense. But to be fair, the Rams, too, were running the shit out of the ball in the second half. And that's mm-hmm. kind of nice to be able to do, especially when you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. Like, hey, listen, we don't need you to do everything. 
We do need to make you have got to have some great throws in there, but at the same time, let's hand the ball off a little more. Let's make this more versatile. I think that the Rams are starting to come into a little bit more of themselves. I think Sean McVay was probably under the microscope for a long time. Like everybody was always like, dude, Sean McVay, Sean McVay, Sean. McVay. And now everyone seems to have taken a breath and he can take a breath. And now it's like, all right, mm-hmm. let's get back to playing football. I don't feel like everybody's watching my every move. Everybody's waiting for me to mess up anymore. It's kind of one of these, ah, the Rams are the Rams now. So now as they do that, I feel like they're going to find their rhythm and come back more. Yeah, last year kind of took them off the grid. And there are some questions about whether McVay was going to go to broadcasting and you know take a $20 million contract. And no one was talking about them coming into the season. Is Stafford healthy? Is, is Cooper right. Cup healthy? Hamstring? But it's like, that's a, way, if, if those things come together, that's a team to watch for sure. Cooper Cup coming back and just... I mean, good God. Do you not know what number he is, guys? Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's, well, yeah, he's not he's hurt been, anymore. And when no. he's not hurt, he's one of the best receivers. So, all right. Those are the picks here. Time for some dumb football questions now from the O line committee audience. You can always drop your dumb football questions in the YouTube comment section. We stockpile as today. many Let's as get in we trouble can. Today, guys. Hit me with something. Okay. Let's see. Give me, uh, give me, a, give me a curveball. What's the thing that can get you in the most trouble here? Let's start with this one from Bad Dad Joke. Searle's getting nervous. What is the pettiest thing an opposing team or player did to you to try to get under your skin before or during a game? You ready? You ready for this? Everybody sit down. Get ready. Can you send yourself up on the camera, please? I think it was 2012. (laughs) I can't remember the year. Don't hate me. It's December. Okay. Listen, you know my setup. I'm in front of a bunch of drums over here. Kick your legs or drums. Drums? Drums. Yeah, she plays drums. Yeah, we so, have studios. Alex has a basement. That's ridiculous. So, you should play the intro for our. We podcast. go to Boston, right? Great time. It's the perfect time of Boston. Nice little snow. It's nice and cold, right? Everything's very festive. It's December. Everyone's excited. We're playing the Patriots. Patriots have lost zero games in December in the last, like, 20 years. And so, we go to Ruth Chris. Amazing dinner. We do our team meeting. Harbs is like, let's go crazy. Let's do our thing. Blah, blah, blah. We all go to bed. Three o'clock in the morning. The fire alarm goes off. Mm. So I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. This is not happening. And Seely warned us. Brad told us, listen, if you think you're getting out unscathed, you're not. They're going to do something to you. It's going to be food poisoning. It's going to so be a fire alarm. Dude, it's something. something. It's burp, So I'm like, all right. They pulled the fire alarm. That's real. That's real cheesy. Well, then the fire department shows up and they want to go through every single room. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Then the police show up because we're being a little erratic. And we're like, you can't come in our room. It's four in the morning and we want to go to bed. And so then all of a sudden it's like 6 a.m. And we're all like, dude, what is going on? The, the cops are here. The fire department's here. Everyone's like, oh, false alarm. Everybody back to bed. We were like, oh, false alarm, huh? You want to play a game? You want to play silly games? We beat the shit out of Tom Brady the next day. I think he threw like two, three picks. We put up 49 points on him. Randy hit him with the classic hand. And I saw it from POV perspective. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. This was awesome. It Wait, was this is Randy one. Moss with the Niners. Yes, this, he was with us. For like and five we, minutes. That's yeah. why I said I was on the field and I saw the hand go up and I, for some reason, was not doing anything. <laughs> and I just took a screenshot in my mind and was like, I will never forget that ever again. I saw it live. It was great. I got to play Vince Wilfork, uh, Kevin Love. It was great. It was a great time. But we ended up beating the shit out of him. 
So that stuff happens, I feel like, with the Patriots and some other. But you never, you can never trace it back, right? To no, like a Bill Belichick uh, text message. It's always it some mole, <clears throat> some mole named Sully in the uh, the burrows. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't have. I don't. I don't really have one that's screaming off the top of my head here. You know, the thing that sucked the most, and I'm sure people probably heard this story. Similar to Boone's, 2016, we're going to play Green Bay. We're going to play Green Bay on Christmas Eve, I believe, or Christmas yeah. Day. I think it was Christmas Day. Now so it's Eve. Most no, we flew Eve. in Christmas Eve. We was flew it? in Christmas Eve because we fly in, right, and we fly into Green Bay. For, I think we fly into, like, Appleton or it was Appleton. I don't know. Yeah, and it's this tiny-ass little airport. And for whatever reason, we took a massive jet for, like, a 40-minute flight. Like the 232, right? Big jet. And it's snowing hard in Green Bay when we land, like hard. So we land. We're like, all right, here we go. And all of a sudden, we're going. Where you feel the plane start to turn, and then you feel the back tire go. And we're like, oh no! What the hell just happened? And then we're sitting there for a little bit, and like we're kind of looking out the window, and I see like two grounds crew, like grounds crew people looking at the tire, and they're just scratching their head. And I'm like, oh, this ain't good. Like this ain't good. And also, pilot comes on like, well. uh so we had a problem. Um, we slipped off the runway here. Uh, we'll get this taken care of for you guys as quick as possible. Be right back. Thanks. Oh, Burr. no. Six, no bullshit. Six hours oh. later, they are picking us up off of the airplane, the fire station, in the cherry pickers, two at a time. Two at a time, just unloading us. Two by two. I watched three movies. That meantime, now it's like one in the morning. It's late, right? We had to do our little O-line meetings in the back of the plane. Like we're trying, like everyone's trying to do like tips and reminders, shoulder to shoulder in a plane. <laughs> and we got to Appleton. We had to drive to, we drive to our hotel. We got to our hotel at, like one in the morning, mm-hmm. one in the morning, right? And so like, everyone's like, "Well, this is a noon game the next yeah, day." Yeah, noon noon game the next day. Oh. Like one in the morning, and we stay like it's like a forty-five minute bus ride to Lambo. And so like everyone's like, "Well." Bus leaves at seven thirty, boys. Get some rest. <laughs> we went God. out there and we got we got dick stomped. Like we got we got it was bad. murder, dude. It was bad. Like literally, you woke up like it was one of those like as soon as you hit the pit, like you woke up like your alarm was going off, and you're like, oh, it's gonna be a long day, hey. right? But like we sat on that plane, Matt. It, we could have drove to Wisconsin and back by the yeah. time we got off of the plane and went there. That was the worst. Like under my skin, I started that game. I felt terrible. Like it just was not. I didn't feel good going into that football game. At God, all. the logistics we the of just traveling too. there in December. Snow, it's 45 minutes away. It's yeah. a small town. Like, it's all this weird But, like, stuff. at the same time, too, all of us were sitting there like, don't we have two jet engines on this plane? Can't we just, like, brrr, like get ourselves get out of here? It? Like, yeah. Dumbest thing put the hammer down, like. dude. Pedal on the right. Right? But they're like, oh, do I break something? Who cares? Get us off of this plane. Hey, I remember so much of that game, too. It was It was we were awful. In the hunt. We were in the yeah, and we, ended we up needed losing. to win that game. Yep, we needed we to won. win that game. It was a ru- that was also the game that the whole defensive thing went down. Remember the, the defense like started making their own calls, went right? Me and was like, yeah. "How dare!" And we, we were you in the locker room with me when we walked oh, yeah. in at the when we landed, and he was like, "Where is he? <laughs> I'm gonna fight!" I was like, "Finally, it's not me." It's <laughs> <laughs> like me about to start a fight in this place. I love grab, it. grab my stuff out of my locker as quick as possible, trying to get out of there. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was yeah. great. That was the Man. mutiny game. That's so where you find out that the pilot was actually a huge Packers fan. Yeah. What if we just like stick a wheel in the uh, hey, the ditch? Terry, here? Terry, watch this. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, Terry. Screw these guys. I'll, I'll play stupid. Uh, David Snyder chimes in here via the O line committee YouTube channel, ignoring the elite quarterbacks, so like the Patrick Mahomes and 
the elite guys. What is the difference between an average starting NFL quarterback and a career backup quarterback? Um, what? So like, like Tannehill. Can you repeat the question? So what is the difference between like an average starting quarterback and a career backup quarterback? The average. So let's, let's take who's the who is that guy that played? Uh, Are you talking about Jimmy Garoppolo? Like a Jimmy Garoppolo compared Jimmy to Jimmy Garoppolo a versus like a, who Case is that Keenum? guy? Like a Case Keenum? Like Case Keenum, yeah. I think the thing with Jimmy is that he has a lot more confidence when he's out there. And they mm. that's true. Like quarterbacks, when they're in the huddle, you can see the confidence in their head, like on their face. You know what I'm saying? Like as they start to demand respect in the huddle, you're like, okay, this guy's he's running the show. Whereas a backup, a lot of times they're coming and be like, all right, guys, shut up, shut up. You know, and you're like, what <laughs> like you just kind of laugh at him like dude but like the minute that a guy like jimmy walks in he's like all right here we go everybody just boop, complete silence whereas when a backup comes in he's like, all right here we go what are we doing you're like dude this this can't be real and they're i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it's super fun to play with everybody but when even when you talk about the guys that you expect to come in week in and week out even like a baker mayfield when they're in the huddle and they start to demand that like i'm in charge instantly everybody knows it and they're like shut the fuck up as opposed to like when you get a young kid or a guy who's not always in there and they're kind of i used to hear a lot of like hey shut up guys shut up because we'd be talking while he was talking he'd start to say the play and be like all right we're gonna know this play hey what's we're gonna do if it's over we're gonna kill it and he'd be like shut up and he'd be like i'm sorry didn't know if you knew you're the backup like you just kind of and it's just how it is when the guy's out there week in and week out there's not a lot of talk it's his show he's the man yeah, I think when you talk about when you talk about an average starting quarterback, like the two big traits you talk about starting quarterbacks are like football IQ and arm talent, right? And the average starting quarterback probably is really good with one of those two things, right? The elites have both, right? The elites by far have the arm talent with the elite IQ. You'll have a lot of guys that are really smart, know the defense inside and out, but they just don't have that ability to zip that ball, put it in that window, the accuracy – or you have the flip side, a guy that can just gunsling like crazy but doesn't see the whole field, <coughs> Justin Fields, right? And so, like, you start talking about that, and then the career backup is usually just kind of a step down, but usually on the side of the higher IQ. The career backup is usually a very smart football yeah. player, right? They're usually extremely intelligent with the X's and O's and the game planning and how the prepared during the week, like those dudes are usually elite with that and then have subpar arm talent. Because if you had great arm talent, you're going to be a starter in the league. Right? Yeah. You're gonna, they're going to find a way to put you out there because if you can throw 65 yards on a rope to a guy that can run a 4-3, let's do it. Right. right? But if you're a career backup, I think of guys like um, like Case Keenum, Matt, Bar the dude, Mar the Matt Barkley has been in the league, Sean the, Hill. The guy that played at Mizzou, I think, who played Chase like, Daniels. Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels. Yeah, like that guy. Chase, I played yeah. with Chase. Very Charlie smart. Whitehurst. Like yeah. Charlie Whitehurst. Who's what would happen like, if like um, Chase is Chase Daniel, right? What, what would happen if that guy played like five seasons as a starter? Not now, he but wouldn't like be 10 years ago. It, yeah, it wouldn't be. It would, it I would think it'd be I mean, one season and you'd be like, listen, they're expected to come in and win a game, maybe one or two games a year. If you're a backup. All you got to do is come in and win one or two games a year, and you'll extend your career by another two, three years. Easily. Like Matt Barkley, when he showed up to Buffalo, was on the tails of his quarterback in career in 2018. Right? Nate Peterman was an atrocity. And so they cut him. They bring Barkley in on a Monday. He starts on a Sunday and beats the Jets. And he's just now out of the league again here in 2023. Yeah. Right? Like that's all you have to do as a career backup is just be serviceable enough to be like, hey, you're going to help prepare our starter. 
And also, you're going to have to, if we call upon you, not go out there and just absolutely shit the bed. Yeah. Right? That's all you have to do. And there's a lot of those guys, and you can make an absolute killing because if you do it one or two times, someone might be dumb enough to pay you, Broncos, Case Keenum, and be like, hey, you did it one year. $36 yeah. million, You'll come do it for us. Yeah. Right? Like, that's all you got to do as a backup quarterback. Just stick around the league and collect your benefits, collect a check, and shut up. Yeah. Dude, there was uh, the guy that just played for the Raiders, Brian Hoyer. He and I oh, went God. to high yeah, school. We, he went to high school with me, dude. We went to my rival high school. We were in school at the same time. He has never been a full-fledged starter in the NFL. Yeah. He's played 15 fucking years. You know how much money that is? That's like $45 million he's made to go like this. Yeah, you said X right. For sure you did. I'll highlight yeah. that. Hey, what was that play call? I didn't hear it. Yeah, keep the earpiece, keep the earpiece in. Do, double right? Deuce right. Deuce, you got it. I will make that change. Dude, are you fucking... <laughs> Who was it? Was rooms? it was Josh McCowan? Josh McCowan oh, played yeah. for like twenty I played with different. Him. <laughs> I played with Josh. McCowan. I don't think anyone didn't play with Josh McCowan. I think yeah, if you played was... in the league between twenty twenty two and twenty twenty or twenty two thousand ten and twenty twenty, you played with Josh McCowan at yeah. one point in time. I remember seeing him and I was like, "Holy shit, that's Josh McCowan!" He played for <laughs> he's like almost teams already. <laughs> now he's here in Frisco. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> here, let's go. Let's ride. Okay, hey, Booney, I'll tell you, you what, said- though. Hey, true story, true story. I remember one time, though, I was in Frisco, and I can't remember who they told me came in. That they were The old guys were telling me when I first got there. They were like, yeah, you know, we were going, talking about something like this, and they were like, you know, last year we brought in a guy on Friday, and he ended up starting on Sunday, and it was the quarterback. And it might have been Josh McCowan, actually. And they were like, dude, he literally got in the huddle and was like, I don't know a fucking thing. So y'all better start running around. <laughs> and dude. they were like, I go, what do you guys do? They're like, no, literally. He came in and was like, I don't know a fucking thing. You better just start running around all of you. Was it, okay, was it, that happened like 10 years ago with Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman signed with the Vikings on like a Tuesday, and they started him on Monday Night Football less than a week later. And he went like 18 for, they literally threw the ball like 45 times. <laughs> Why not? Like, oh. Hey, just run. I'll find you. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Booney, you said you wanted to get in some trouble here. I mean, this no. may or may not open a door. I don't know where you Let's want to go it. with this one. But this is from Hickory. He Look says, I love it. what modalities or treatments were the most effective for pain relief and recovery from practice? Thanks for listening. Game? Thanks for listening to the podcast. This has been a great episode. We're just going to wrap this up here real quick. Everybody sit down. I got some shit. Would you like me to move on or do you want me to stay on this one? Um, honestly, how uncomfortable Jeremiah is right you got Because Jay knows. Jay knows what it took to get through the day. Um, honestly, should we we'll, let Boone answer this no, question we'll or no? We'll keep it PG. Yeah, honestly, yeah. he'll be he, he knows better. He knows know better, better than, than the goal. That. You never go. You never open the floodgate. You can let Listen. you can let the dam leak out a little bit, but you never just open the gate. No, I would never. And believe me, what happened behind those doors will always stay there. But one of the things <sighs> that people always don't understand is like one of the things that I always appreciated was the cold tubs. I love the cold tubs. And then this is such a painful game that a lot of times when you get in that cold water, you just don't even feel it anymore. So for me, getting in the cold tubs every day was a huge remedy. Also, like eating super healthy. I mean, you're getting into 65 car accidents on a Sunday for six months. You have to take care of your body. It's going to break down so fast. And that's the one of the hardest things is when you get into these week seven and week eight games, you're really beat up. And people don't know how beat up you are and you're trying to hide it all the time. And so you're constantly like, what am I doing to myself? And I think a lot of it is, working out for especially for me and jay was a great relief like it was time to come in and start working things back in like 
because as you know, as the week goes on, you have to get better. Because a lot of guys are saying, I'll be fine by Wednesday. And you're like, dude, if you don't start moving, it's going to get you're worse toast. by Wednesday. You have to get up and start moving around. And that's why, like, Mondays, I would always take the – I would go work out, sit in the cold tubs, do the saunas, meet the coaches, and then I would just be on the move all day. My wife would make me go to the mall all the time because she found out that me moving around was good because <laughs> if I wasn't, I was cranky. Like, you just, Were you, you a know, mall you look, walker, like Mall of America? No. You know, okay. But she'd be like, hey, let's go – let's take the kids to here. and then, Or, like, let's go to the zoo today. Or I'd be like, dude, why are we doing all this? And then by the end of the day, you're like, God, I feel so good. Thank you for making me move. Because you're beat up after the game. You're broken. The tortle's starting to wear off. You're like, no, no. That's, I don't want this feeling to end ever again. I, I was going to say, tortle or vitamin T, as we called it, Ooh. is the most magical thing of all time. It's an Iron Man shot. And, you know, what it is, it's an anti – it's a prescription-grade anti-inflammatory is what it is. And if you were beat up and you had some reason that you needed it, which was basically like, mm, just give it to me. You know, it was basically you took it right before the game and it would kick in and you had about 24 hours where nothing was very inflamed. And so you could – you if you were on Toradol, you'd be like, hey, run through that wall. Done. Right? Done. But then Tuesday we would refer to as Toradol Tuesdays. Because like Boone said, you always wanted to come in on Mondays, get your lower body lift in, right? Get your squat, put the bar on your back, get going again because you knew you still had that little bit of vitamin T in your system. And then come Tuesday, Tuesday was the true like, okay, I'm going to feel everything the moment I wake up, right? Everything. And so you wanted to make sure you came in and got massage. Massage was big for me. Chiropractor, um, acupuncture. I didn't really get into the acupuncture until I got up into Buffalo, like 2018, 2019. They had a team acupuncture where I would come in and like work on you. And that stuff was magic, right? The, the, the release of where they find the pressure point and all of a sudden they're digging a needle and your muscle like jumps. And then you're like, oh, there it is. And then all of a sudden they pull it out. You're like, wow, that feels like a million times better, right? Like I was big with acupuncture. And then the biggest thing I started doing in the off season was stem cells, you know, stem cells. And it's come such a long way from where the stem cells were when we played, you know, just in the last five, six years, you know, but stem cells for me were a great kind of reset at the end of every year and they're expensive, but you had to look at it as an investment, right? Am I going to be willing to spend 10 grand on a couple stem cell shots to go make 800,000 next year or go make 10 million next year or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, and stem cells were great. I got them in my knees and my shoulders just to try and start regeneration and do anything to help the healing process from the season so that I could be ready to go come next OTAs. Yeah. I love how we're openly talking about stem cells now. I remember There's, when I Yeah, first, it used to be like, shh. Dude, when I first got them, you couldn't say a word. Like, they were like, this guy's going to come in. We're going to do this. And this never happened. And I was like, roger that. And then, like, now everyone's like, oh, I'm just going to go get stem cells everywhere and do all this. And you're like, man, we've come so far in, like, five years. And I remember five years ago, everybody was like, we can't trust stem cells. We can't trust it. Now everyone loves it. And it's crazy because they were doing it over in the UK way before us. And so that's where everybody would go, was the UK. And they'd fly over there for vacation, and then they'd end up making a pit stop in Germany or somewhere, and they would just get loaded up. It was crazy. But at the same time, how do you expect grown men who go at it all day to recover? It's not physically possible unless you're using something else. Like, you have to be on top of your game at all times. There was never a moment that you could be like, I'll be fine. Like, you were like, no, I'm not going to be fine. I need to go do all of this. And it ends up taking a lot of your time, too, because my doctor was in Arizona, and so you'd always have to be in Arizona to see him, and you'd have to go to him. He never left anywhere. So it was like, God, I'm going to have to go do this. I have to go see him. i got to go talk to him. And then we spent hours together, and we'd be like, dude, this is broken, this is broken, this is broken. This is how we're going to fix it. Boom, boom, boom. You'd be like, all right, here we go. 
And it's one of those things where everybody does it now because they know how important it is to keep up with their body. Because once you start breaking down and a team just sees you break a little bit, they're like, ah, he's broken in our eyes. He'll never yeah. be what he was. And that's what guys are always trying to hide from them. God. What about, what about, uh, is it called the, the chambers that, that athletes sleep in the high, is it the hyper, hyperbaric, hyperbaric chambers? chambers? What do you guys do for, I've been in them a few times. I don't know. I, I never did it enough consistently to really tell if I got a benefit from it. You know, we had one in the facility in Buffalo. And it's like, if you were injured, you do like your compacts or your, whatever it was you do it while you were in there. And I was like, okay, it's really boring. I'm just laying in this tube for an hour. Right. Like, but I could see it'd be pretty cool if you like slept in one, but I'm also slightly claustrophobic, and so I mm. never really loved when they were like, all right, we're going to zip you up in here. Like, just <laughs> knock and pull you this lever what? if you need anything. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good There's with that. There's my real mic. Whoever built the MRI machine, you're my mic. You're my mic forever. Because if I ever have to get into another one, I swear to God, I'll crawl back out. I hate... <laughs> Getting in that damn machine. And then they're like, oh, shoulder? I'm going to need you to get in like yeah. this. And you're like, nope, not happening, lady. Oh, my God. How many MRIs have you had between the two of you? Oh, Usually God. 100. I mean, between the two of us, yeah, I would say I've had probably 25 to 30 MRIs. Because anytime you get hurt, they're like, well, I probably should get a picture of it. Yeah. Right? You're like, all right. It's like, okay. Like, anytime you're hurt. I will say there is a there is one machine in New York. If you ever get a chance to go, it is twice the size of everything else. And I had to go one time, and I was like telling the guy, like, "Listen, I'm gonna need like 30 Valium. I'm gonna need a lot, dude. You're gonna have to sit there. <laughs> this me could like be a, a fun field trip for right. the uh, O line committee. No, go to the big MRI machine. I'm gonna do this as a joke. I am never getting in another one ever again. But it is when I went to New York, I was huge. I was like, this is awesome. And any of these glasses that you put on, it could like reflect back to the wall. And I was like, man, this is insane. It's great. Just keep hitting me with the I, value. I know there was the one. I know that, yeah, Boone, value. like, you know, the one where they have like the oxy button after surgery. Boone's just a volume. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you can get up now. <laughs> Hey, I had a surgery one time, and the lady told me that. She was like, you can hit that as many times as you want. It's only going to release every 10 minutes. And apparently, I was completely out of it. It was like, burp, burp, burp. <laughs> Give me more. Yeah. Amazing. All right, those are your dumb football questions here on the O-Line Committee podcast. Keep sending them in. We've got uh, – we have like three on the cutting room floor that we didn't get to here this week. So keep sending them in. We'll keep rolling them over and get I to as it. many as we can here. I think you did a good job answering that question without getting anyone in too much trouble there. Yeah. So <laughs> another again, the, time, we'll the talk FBI more. to raid your house. Yeah, yeah that's probably the best. <laughs> uh, we, we, <laughs> we're gonna go now before anyone gets uh, in hey, more trouble. I don't do keep an eye out for anymore, some okay? for some film reviews this week. <laughs> he said, hey, shut up.